How's it going, everyone? And welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I'm your host, Tim Jensey. This off-season episode is going to be a little bit weird, since, as you've already noticed from the fact that I'm doing the intro, Tay is on vacation across the pond where the roads melt. In four seasons doing this show, it's the first Tim episode. Horrific. I know. To guide us through these uncharted waters, I've got a pillar of Sense Twitter here to join me. Please welcome the other member of Senator's anime Twitter and Haley Salvain's Twitter BFF, Matt Bosti, to the show. What's up? Hello, hello. I uh, I don't know if you made the right decision for your first solo episode to bring me on, because I've heard that uh, I make any podcast I'm on go off the rails. Sometimes in a good way, but most often in a bad way. So uh, you might never be allowed to do one on your own again after this. One. Don't let Brendan Mackey crush your dreams. <laughs> Two, I'm here for it. Honestly, chaos is what I'm about. So, what's been up in Bosti land? Uh, not much. It's been a, a pretty wild couple of weeks uh, with, with Senator's good news. Gotta say, it's been a long time since uh, checking Twitter, everything. Well, aside for today, but uh, checking Twitter, <laughs> everything. Yeah, a little different. Uh, <laughs> In the uh, in the good vibes territory with the brink cat all the way to uh, the Nora signing, just every day there was some some excitement kind of going on, which uh, which has made it a lot of fun. Yeah, like the vibes were incredibly off the chart. Like I didn't think vibes per sixty could recover all the way from like near the bottom of the league to top of the league in two weeks. Well, but when like you get to brink cat and you're like, oh, this is great, but then just good things kept happening. It was, it was, it felt like a dream. It felt like, like this wasn't possible. Getting to Brinkett, the Jeru signing, locking up another b- big important part of our future without any question marks at it. It's, it's spoiled. We're spoiled now. I don't think I can ever go back to those dreary uh, 2017 days. Yeah, and it's funny because in my notes here, we're totally spoiled. I have Dorian. Where's my top four D? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, which honestly sounds like we were pretty close to actually getting one during that period as well. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, well, the Marino, uh, the Marino uh, rumors, and uh, I know that, uh, who, who's, what's the guy out of, I always forget his name, the guy out of Florida that people, a uh, Uyghur, uh, was, was close, but then they, they traded someone and their money showed up for Uyghur, which I think is putting a freeze on it. So those two were ones that senators were, from what I've heard, were really close to getting a, getting a trade for, but uh, it's kind of fallen through, but they're still on the board. Well, um, Uyghur's still on the board yeah. if, uh, if he's asking for too much money, but then we got to, we actually have to think about the salary cap. What is this? We got to yeah, make sure that we have money going down the line. It's, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle this season. Last two years, it's just been no pressure and now i actually like have expectations it's it's scary but it's exciting yeah and honestly that's the best part about hot pr summer is that uh (laughs) i'm looking forward to even like september like i kind of want to see what this team looks like even in preseason then moving into october there right oh exactly no absolutely i want to see because there's still going to be some space for some young players to probably not start on the roster but like if sokolov or jarvanti have a really strong camp uh, coming in, they could they could make a fight to to be a really early call up if an injury comes up. Yeah. So I want to see how those players perform uh, there, and then just knowing that the Belleville Senators won't be cannibalized again this year like we did last year. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. Knocking on wood. Yeah. I really don't want to see uh, an entire top six injured again. Oh my god. Yeah, that was. Uh, 
that was that was a lot. It's I, I'm thinking back to last season. It feels like it was so long ago. If <laughs> I've already got into this future uh, future senators team, and I just I don't want to remember those days of watching Godet on the top top line or Gambrell getting actual playing time rather than just a a fourth liner. It's it's we can't do that again. I thought I could do it again, but now that I've got this this like little taste of hope, I can't do it again. It's like I refuse to do it again. <laughs> uh, I say that now, but in seven years after we win three cups and we have to rebuild uh, rebuild the team, and I'll be cheering on. I don't know who's who's a weird bad player that the Senators had uh, like a couple years ago. Uh, Anisimov's kid or something is going to be like our our like and Polly Junior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll be out there wearing a jersey, getting excited, <laughs> sitting in the top row of the Coca Cola Fun Zone. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably have a kid there. It's like, Dad, why are we here? They suck. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow this isn't the worst season I've seen. <laughs> Like Uber will be like abolished somehow, and you'll be like, "Do you know what an Uber is, son?" Uh, yeah, no, let, Dad. <laughs> let me explain these things called cars. <laughs> oh. Alrighty, well, let's get into some Sens news then. Uh, first off, uh, the next stop on Hot Pierre Summer is uh, buying people out. First off, we have Colin White buyout, where very low. Very low, uh, less than a million a year, and we actually got a cap credit not this year but next year. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, if if we weren't trying to be better this year, I think I almost would have been annoyed at the buyout just because we've kept so many worse players on the team for so long, or give gave four million dollar contracts to like Ron Hainsey. Uh, so seeing us give up completely on Colin White, albeit he's not never really performed for the level we hoped just kind of would feel like okay i get it but are we just going to plug in a different player into this role that's just going to be just as disappointing and doesn't have cool weird like divorced dad vibes even though he was like 23 i loved colin white he'd made no sense yeah well it's like (laughs) i've never seen a man balding at that age i love him the vibes were immaculate but just like (laughs) The best part is, is like he's the one getting alimony from the senators now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If a landing spot on Florida, there's a lot, uh, a lot of worse places he could end up. That Florida team's gonna be weird, though, eh? Chris Tierney, uh, Chris Colin Tierney. White, and Michael Delzato. I, it's like it's like they saw the worst parts of the senators, and they were like, "Yeah, that's what I like." You know the you know all yeah. the players that everyone hates. Let's uh, let's just see what we can do with them. It's gonna be warm down here. Maybe they're gonna like it. Oh no, they're gonna. They had to fight Toronto to dumpster dive a little. Like uh, Toronto <laughs> has uh, Seds All Stars Adam Gaudet and Victor Mete. Like, is Vic okay? Victor Mete. I was thinking about this. If he plays a game for the Leafs, he will have played for uh, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa which I yeah. think is a very rare sample size as well. And if he never plays another game, because let's be honest, I'm shocked anyone might be willing to play him again because Victor Mete is Victor Mete. Yep. If he only plays for those three organizations, I don't think there's ever been another player where they've only played for these three organizations. I was about to drop Ron Hainsey, but I forgot Hainsey actually played for Carolina and Pittsburgh. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did so many weird things. I love. I have a Ron Hainsey jersey that I bought uh, literally two weeks before COVID hit. So it was the last last thing I did Senators wise was buy a Ron Hainsey jersey, and I told uh, I, I bought it at this at the uh, the arena. I, I brought it up to the cash and said, "Has anyone ever bought one of these before?" And the guy's like, "No, I didn't know we had them." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, it reminds me, I went to the, the team store uh, years ago now, and this was back when, uh, remember when they opened up the arena to uh, live stream that Philadelphia game at the end of the hamburger run? Yes. Where it was winning they're in. And yeah. I remember looking at the team store, and like it was the slimmest of pickings. There was like Jared Cowan and Casper's uh, Dog of Aids jerseys. Oh. And I was like, if the line wasn't like wrapped around the lower bowl, I'd buy a D- Doug Avane jersey for the meme. Oh, absolutely! I am. Th- I want one now. I would love to have one now. Uh, but uh, I guess you'd have to custom it, and it's not the same when you when you slap a name on a on, on one where it's not from. What a weird, what a fun era. What a well, of course the. Uh, the hamburger run, I still think, is the best uh, best time to ever be a Sens fan. I understand 2017 was great. 2007 was also great. There was nothing better than watching us win almost, like, what, 23 out of 24 games or something stupid something like stupid that? Something stupid like that, yeah. Where and then watching Boston and matters. Pittsburgh fall on their faces. Oh, that, that, like, that's why I think we had five years of absolute unwatchable hockey where all of our stars left the team. It was, like, a cosmic balancing. After the Sanders got the like the hockey gods to bless them for a run, which resulted in was it just six games against Montreal? Yeah, six games against Montreal. But I wouldn't trade that uh, that run for anything. Oh, that was so fun too because I remember, uh, yeah, I was living at Ottawa, like in Centerville at the time, and uh, just every night there'd be just people like yelling and screaming, "He did it!" and you'd just hear like assorted cheers from houses. I'm like. Are are we sure this is Ottawa still? <laughs> buy-in. When we're good, when we're good, the buy-in is crazy. Like right now, I'm looking at OttawaTeamShop.ca, and we've already sold, or they're sold out of Jerusalem. Uh, oh, they're coming soon. They're coming soon. Okay, I got too excited. Um, but okay. they're I I've heard like the sales for this upcoming season are actually already like spiking higher than they have in years and years and years. So when the when the team is good. People buy in, people get excited on the streets. But after we won in, after that Philly game, I saw a guy in front of a farm boy near my house, and he was wearing a Sens jersey. And I said, yeah, let's go Sens. And he looked at me with, like, such anger and disdain and just got into his car. And I've always thought about that. It's like, what, what's what's the problem, dude? Like, we just won. But it was just, like, this look of disgust. Like, how dare you? How dare you mention this? He was wearing a friggin' Heritage black jersey. Get out of here. If you're listening, guy who was about 25 years older than me and drove, I want to say, it was like a weird old Mazda Miata in front of the, the farm boy. I want to have words. Meet me there next Thursday. Come on. Do we know what farm boy it was in particular? Oh, hell yeah. The Merivale Farm Boy in Merivale Mall. It's, uh, that, Mer- that mall is horrible. It's got a giant new VR arcade, which 
like it's the biggest in Ontario and they charge $50 an hour. And I'm just thinking about how much money they spent putting that in the literal worst place in Ottawa they could think of to try and get people to go to it. And I feel very bad for the owners. I hope they're doing well, but my God, you did not do like, market research. What? Isn't oh, that just like way the hell South or like it's, it's sort of, it's just not, you, I live in Merivale, so it's not too hard for me to get there. But anyone who who needs something, they'll never go to Merivale. It is just two roads. It is the worst designed transit in all of Ottawa, which is saying a lot. Cause That's impressive. Worst, yeah, we're one of the worst transit friggin' cities in the world. Uh, but it's a it's a uh, an artery, a traffic clogged artery for Hunt Club to Baseline to the Queensway. So it's just stop and go traffic. And there's just only just mini malls and garbage until you hit a Costco. Like, I love living here because my rent is dirt cheap, and I don't have to ever leave Merrillville to get anything. Uh, but if, like, before I had moved here, I think I had lived in the city for 25 years. I think I had maybe been here once. Maybe. I'd almost just move south of Hunt Club and say you're from Nepean at that point, dude. <laughs> I, I say if I hadn't made Merivale a part of my brand, because like I get a lot of shit for living in Merivale, and then like all my friends are like, "Oh, we're in Westboro," and I'm like, "You live in like expensive Merivale. Like, don't get me wrong, you get a lot nicer options for literally everything, but like you're paying like triple my rent." And just for the light, so you can walk in front of the Wellington Diner and get yelled slurs at by the owner. Like, come on, embrace the cheap rent and live in the ugliest part of Ottawa. Like, get dude, you're here. living south of Baseline. <laughs> Why? <laughs> living your best life, you know? You never know. You never know. And because the, the rent is dirt cheap and I've oh, been locked okay. in since I think... Uh, how long have I been here? 2016, Jesus. So, like, I got in right before the big renter's boom. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't move. This value is too good. What? You don't want to live on, like, Slater and Albert and watch the train derailments? <laughs> yes, I do. That sounds actually kind of fun. Uh, before I moved to this place, I found a place right beside uh, the old Greyhound station, and the landlord had just converted the, like, a living room and a kitchen into four bedrooms and it was pretty it was pretty sketchy but then he's like don't worry i understand this one's not for everyone and then brought me to the basement which was just like a, a, a basement that he put drywall up and just you had to go through every single room to get to another room which was terrifying because like if you were gonna live three people there there'd be no privacy yeah like i often think about the stuff that happened in that place so I went from that kind of idea of where I'm going to live into this, like, Minto townhome for dark sheep. Oh. I'm like, I can do this. I can handle this. Yeah, the Minto one sounds nice. Actually, I remember when I was uh, moving to Ottawa in 2014, uh, one of the places I looked at was in Vanier. <laughs> and then everyone I knew who knew anything about Ottawa was like, Tim, don't move to Vanier. <laughs> but I'm being told Vanier is nice now, so maybe I should have just taken the Vanier cred and then moved to Toronto, moved to Calgary, and then been like... You know what, boys? I got out of Vanier before the gentrifiers came. <laughs> yeah, you were—you would have been OG Vanier. I, honestly, Vanier lightly slaps. Like, there's a whole bunch of issues, and they should really do something about the uh, the housing situation in Vanier. Uh, but like, you got some cool little like par bars and pubs, and they've got a giant bowling alley in the middle of it for some reason. Oh, yeah, the bowling alley's sick. 
Yeah, and it's like it's like 32 friggin' lanes, and it's like, what the hell are you doing here? Th- then you go in, then you go one block further, and you're like, oh, here's a 1.8 million dollar tiny condo that rich people have hot tubs on the roof of. I say that because I know someone who owns that one, and it's the most amazing place. Just like a beautiful rooftop uh, hot tub, you can kind of see TV plays from it, which is fucked up because just four blocks over, you're like, oh, this place has a whole bunch of housing issues. Why can't we uh, make this better? But, he uh, says a condo and not a single detached, right? Yeah, they got no yard, so I can't, I can't be too, uh, too much of a dick to them. Plus, they, they, they let me hang out with their hot tub, so that's yeah. Uh, I'm buyable. I'm a huge sellout. Like you might see my tweets and be like, "Oh, this guy's passionate." Yeah, but only because someone hasn't offered me enough money to be anything else. What you're saying is, I need to like set up a recurring payment to you. <laughs> Uh, check out my patreon let's go please is there actually a botsy patreon <laughs> i created one once and it was it was the jakiest thing where it was just like i it was a joke but if you know uh, joe on twitter goes by slow hands he pledged yeah. like 15 bucks a month and then another friend of mine did 10 bucks. So I was like, I had enough that I ended up getting an email from Patreon being like, you have so much money pledged. Do you now have to file U.S. taxes? So I just shut it down before I got any payments because it was like, it, it was too, A, I did it as a joke and would have felt guilty. The fact that I was just going to be like presenting the most low effort means possible. And B, I don't want to have to do U.S. taxes. I barely want to do my own Canadian taxes. Like, uh, get me out of here. Yeah, because American taxes are weird. Oh yeah, I have a, I had a, I have a Twitch stream that I have affiliate status with, which meant that I had to actually uh, email or go through the IRS by saying like I made zero dollars through Twitch. Here's the Twitch logs. I have one sub. If you would like to, you can, you can uh, invoice me the twenty two dollars. Uh, and that one sub was uh, Axe Maddie on Twitter. So uh, of course not it even was. Like a, yeah, exactly. Who else would it be? Uh, and they declined to want me to do taxes, so that was uh, that was a blessing because it That's was like beauty. three forms. It was three forms to say I don't make money here, and they're like, "All right, here you go." <laughs> Freaking hell! Yeah, so this is what I mean by derail. By the way, this started out as talking about uh, I, what was it? Just happy senator stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about how Michael Delzato now gets to live where he does real estate. <laughs> I also just keep laughing because Florida was the number one place where the real estate collapse happened with uh, subprime mortgages. And just Michael Delzato looks exactly like a person who would accidentally like upend the real real estate in, uh, industry there with like skirting laws and things like that. So I am really hoping we get another financial collapse out of the out of Florida and we can tie it right back to Michael Delzato. Oh, my God. Well. It's funny because this isn't even the first controversy Michael Delzato's had in his career. Because, uh, yeah, back when he used to fucks with porn stars, I guess I forget what he did, but he pissed off Lisa Ann and uh, she yeah. was like adding him on Twitter and uh, that was a mess. But uh, Ian Mendez told me that he cleaned up his act and I'll I'll take Ian's word on that. Good for him. Good for him. Good and for it him. wasn't it wasn't like some of the other things that might be happening. It was more just like he was a horny dude who was like, hey, Lisa Ann, you're a porn star. Do you know porn stars in this city? And she was just like, stop asking me. This is just weird, my guy. Stop asking me. Oh, good old it's Michael like, Delzato. Uncle Deli. I thought that Uncle Del, like the Uncle Deli drama wasn't even just like, hey, yo. Where could I find the porn ladies? It was like, uh, 
he was like trying to solicit services but uh i didn't realize it was even funnier than that i think so it's been a while i read about it last year again because again funny uh i think it wasn't like anything too crazy just like do you know where the porn stars are <laughs> hey come on <laughs> yeah <It's... laughs> yeah they, he went out on a date with her and it was like oh it was okay and then he just kept asking if he could if she could hook him up with girls on the road and it, he kept asking for four months then they didn't talk for a year and they reconnected and they <laughs> went right back into uh talking about getting women on the road like it like it's it's not harmless because harassment in this way is kind of there but like in the grand scheme of things it was just him being just super weird to lisa ann and that's my favorite part is there was no one was really like hurt or impacted lisa ann was just like i'm annoyed do you not understand who i am kind of thing yeah Ugh. yeah well you just went back and read her tweets like he thinks i'm a dating service <laughs> <laughs> fucking gold Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can swear on here. No, no, it's gold. good. All right, good. Uncle Deli. The man, the legend. I can't believe his bio would only cost 500000 this year and 700000 next year. That's actually incredible. Like, that's just it. Like, the bios that we have are just so non-impacting. Like, even the Bobby Ryan one went on forever, but it was only $1.8 bucks, and that's that's the blessing so i i hate like if you take a look at like you can choose an easy one of either vancouver or uh well vancouver. minnesota uh, oh i thought no no they didn't lose that yeah minnesota's is the crazy one like that is what i never ever want to see for the senators like i would much rather have the players playing terribly and i can be angry at them than a dead a dead how much is it on their team 14 13. million next year Sorry, 15, almost 15 oh million. There's just no point. There's no point to it. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I get it. You need to free up your money and all that stuff. But I don't understand why they went for the buyout route. They could have probably figured out some way to make them hang out in uh, in Phoenix for a little bit. One of them's a defenseman. Wade Redden already broke that route. <laughs> Friggin' Wade Redden. Which... He's back, baby. He's back. Wade Reddit as a development coach for the Ottawa Senators defenseman. That I don't know enough about coaching to know whether it's good, but he came from was it Nashville? I think he had been with previously. I think who, so, yeah. They're a, they've got a fantastic defensive core, so it's not like he was bad so bad that he couldn't bring out the best in them. But what really stuck out for me was during uh, I think it was Elfie's retirement ceremony. Wade Redden had one of the longest speeches that he had uh, given and it was so eloquent and it was so it it connected and it was personal yeah. and it was just it was nice to hear so if there's someone like this on this team who can bring up a the the history of the ottawa senators always having a few players in your organization is really good for everyone but also understanding where these players are and being able to convey thoughts and emotions and hopefully bring out the best in them it seems like a home run it seems like an absolute home run of a of a, an acquisition here. And then why? He brought out his buddy Phillips, which he was with the Sens not that long ago. But he had Phillips at one of the uh, one of the training camp games. It's just it's nice to see the players back. Yeah. And uh, acknowledging their past and not always wondering how much did you hate your time here. 
Yeah, and it's nice to see, like, some of those guys who did put, like, more than a yard's worth of distance between them and the team start coming back. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some more Chris Neal, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, let's I, put put Chris Neal out there as a uh, an energy coach or something like that. I don't want... I don't want our team going out and just fighting and doing everything, but I do want to see uh, I do want to see our team have that kind of excitement, that kind of energy that Chris Neal was perfect at bringing. Mm-hmm. Mark Borowiecki is a YouTube influencer for the team. Let's do it. <laughs> does that Boro can do whatever he wants? I love Boro. Is there a more of a glow up from an Ottawa Senators player than Mark Borowiecki? I really don't think so. One of the most hated scapegoated players on the senators in his first two years and then his last two years was the biggest fan favorite on the on those teams and his work in the community his work with well being weirdly on a chair with eugene melnick and everything like that he, he would do it Stopping all a he, thief <laughs> exactly oh i love mark i love mark bring him back when he's done have him do whatever he wants with this team because he is the he has just got the character that you want around these players. Well, what was incredible about Mark Borowiecki was like even in his last year and last few years in Ottawa, all of a sudden it was just like, wait, you got good at defense? <laughs> it was it was Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher, yep. I will I will go to I will die on whatever hill, saw Mark Borowiecki, sat him down and said, Hey Mark. Stop trying to do anything else except for hold your blue line, and if someone is skating into your blue line and they're near the boards, hit them as hard as you can and get back into position. Because before that, he was pinching, he was rushing, he was trying to get, he was trying to antagonize people at the wrong times. It was a headache. But Guy Boucher came in, sat him down, said, "Hey, those days of you playing forward with Dave Cameron are done. All you're gonna do." is you are going to stand your ground and smash a guy if they get too close. And he nodded his head and simplified his game and became an absolutely great middle-pairing or bottom-pairing defenseman. Yeah, and then, yeah, he took that to Nashville, unfortunately, but, well, yeah, fortunate a, for him, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if you, now you gotta, you gotta play in Nashville, which, I don't know, they... Yeah, there's a few teams that I just think about of just being incredibly boring teams, and Nashville is one of them. I love Roman Yossi. I love UC Saros, but like after that, you're just like, all right, you got Philip Forsberg, who might be the most boring player in the league, making $9 million. To score 40 goals. Like, good for him. Fantastic. But it's just like, even if you watch him score those goals, you're like, these did, like, they didn't even have flair. You're immensely skilled. You're cool. You're great. But all you're doing is just, ah, I guess maybe I'm saying this because we haven't had a big goal scorer until this year, and now we have Debrinkat as well. And I'm just like, no, these goals are boring. Bring me back the Carlson saucer passes, please. I want every goal to be a highlight. I'm just, I'm spoiled. That's what it yeah, comes yeah. down to. We're spoiled. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, the other thing I guess that kind of makes Nashville look boring is like, it seems like Nashville is one of our three graveyard teams. <laughs> Yeah. The other two being the Leafs and apparently Florida now. I don't, I, I know we've already talked about these Florida signings. I don't get it. <laughs> they were so close last year. They had one, they had a rough series. They, they got, they got beat by the Tampa Bay Lightning, which that that's going to happen. And they go out and they're like, ah, yeah, the problem with our, our team wasn't anything. We were too that... good. <laughs> We we need a bunch of really bad bottom six grinders to get us over the edge. But you know what? They're probably going to win the cup this year, and we'll 
Chris Tierney is going to have a puck go off of his butt in the overtime game six of the conference finals to get them into the finals. And everyone's going to talk about how good of a signing it was. Rudolph Balsers is going to like somehow get a Pajot quad four goal game. <laughs> Rudolph Balsers, oh my god, I, I keep forgetting that they have so many of them. Colin White, Chris Tierney. Anthony Duclair, Rudolph yeah, Balsers. Yeah. And Michael Delzano. If they had traded for Connor Brown, I'd be like, that makes perfect sense. This is the, uh, this is the senator that you want on your team, but they, they did not. And the price wasn't that high, and they got Chris Tierney instead. I don't think they could afford Connor Brown. Let's be real. How much is Connor Brown right last year? Was it three point five? Yeah. You know what they should have done is they should have traded Mackenzie Weger for Con- Connor Brown. Connor Problem Brown. solved. Yeah, Mackenzie Weger plus too. Like we would have thrown in something else. Yeah. We would have done it. Which it they got their Nick Paul. They got their their steady middle middle six uh, forward that can play in every every situation. But instead, they got Chris Tierney, who for some reason we played on the power play a lot last year, and I don't understand why. And that's who they are going to be playing with now. I'm gonna ask you a real question though. Yeah. Who else would you have put on that power play after the first oh, unit? God. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got a pretty good point. I don't know. I would have I would have been fine just like putting Zub, uh, having Zub out there standing in front of the net, just doing doing things like that over watching Tierney. But you're right. There really was a harsh drop off after our top lines. Yeah, because yeah, Kachuk, Stutz, Lenores, Batherson, Shabbat. Okay, and then uh, Potter <laughs> Brown, had... Tyler Ennis, question mark, question mark, question mark, Brandstrom. Formanton, I think, played a chunk of time there, but he's not really a power play guy. He's an on-the-rush kind of guy. I guess we had Gaudette. Who? Okay, I can't. I was trying to remember. Who was Zach that guy? Zach Sanford. Sanford, yes. Sanford. <laughs> Zach Sanford. That guy, uh, he scored. Uh, did he, he scored a hat trick for he us last year. He scored a hat trick. Yeah. yeah. He was just garbage. Just completely so unengaged. Looked like hockey was a chore to him. Ugh. What a weird... It is crazy that we're talking about this less than three months out of when they were playing for the Sanders against Sanford about four or five months now. And now you look at our cat friendly and you're just like, are, who is our like least excited... Like, we still have Dylan Gambrell, which I'm okay with as a depth signing for a million, whatever. Uh, and after that, literally everyone else on the team is exciting and enjoyable. Like, yeah. what a glow up. What a glow up. No kidding. Like even some of the guys like who might not even be the most talented, you've got a fun story about them. Like, like Parker Kelly is a perfect fourth line forward. Austin Watson has more tattoos than teeth. <laughs> well, and Parker Kelly, I think, did he put up seven goals last year? Yeah, like it was respectable. And the guy, yeah. he is an insanely underrated four checker. Yeah, uh, he is relentless. Absolutely relentless. Yes, seven goals, five assists, 12 points in 40 games, 41 games. If that's if that's your third liner, fourth liner during a rookie season, you're doing okay. Yeah, and the Sens found him. Yeah, they found him undrafted. Yep, yep. If the Senators weren't good at finding these weird gems in later rounds or undrafted, like even Drake Batherson as a fourth, like... <laughs> We'd be screwed because our first round picks are always so wacky. 
Like, thank God we've got some really, really smart scouts at getting the the hidden gems. And finding the deep guys. Like, I even remember, uh, like, the fact that Tyler Clevin is going to make it. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. weird. Oh, I remember Clevin Day on, on Twitter. That was a... Uh, that was a fun time, and now he's he's going to probably be top half of the people who were drafted. Yeah. And, like, it's another one where Corey Proneman was like, yeah, I didn't believe in this pick at first, but uh, it's working. <laughs> and he's going to be the guy out in uh, Nodak this year. And that that's the biggest one to see, is if he can power, or if he can, uh, can really be their staple on their blue line after they lost Jake, it will be just immense for his, his future. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, speaking about trading futures, Talbot for Gustafson. So I'm a goalie guy. I love goalies. Yep. And uh, Talbot is it's someone who I've always thought has gotten kind of the raw end of a deal in a lot of places. Like he got out of, he was a great backup for Lungfist. And he went to Edmonton during probably their biggest turmoil ever yep. with how mismanaged that team is, team was at that time. And then, did he go... He went somewhere else before. Uh, yeah, because even in Minnesota, the fact that he... Oh, yeah, he played He played a few games in Philadelphia, which I, I forgot remember. about that. Yeah, just I think it was a trade deadline trade, and he was not very good. And then he played on Calgary, and it was also... It was the 2019-2020 Calgary, which they were starting to really get their legs kind of moving, and he had an okay season. Wasn't great. Well, he right. put up a 9.919, but in 25 games, so kind of hard to say. And then he went to Minnesota at the exact time, and he was fantastic for them both times. And Minnesota, after they did their buyout, they lost so much of their defensive prowess because Parise was the defensive first center, and Suter was logging 30 minutes of defense on their team. And I like Dumba, I like Spurgeon, but they are not your prototypical, like, oh, I'm going to shut everyone down. They're yep. on the fly. They're, they're transition de uh, defense. And he put up 33 or 19 wins and then 32 wins the next year. And they just bite on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. I think he had every right to be annoyed with that team because he went in when he probably had some other options after Calgary was an absolute stabilizing force for them. And then the first opportunity they got from Marc-Andre Fleury, who I don't think is that much better than than no. Talbot. He was better years ago, but he's aging and especially in Minnesota, especially in the playoffs, he was not good and they just threw Talbot on the wayside. So I'm excited for Talbot. Gus, I'm I'm sad to see Gus go at the time that he's going. I think that he showed flashes of real brilliance and I do think he will be an NHL goalie for his career. I think that he has that athleticism. But at the same time, when you have the opportunity to turn your goaltending duo from a big question mark of Forsberg, can he keep doing it? And is Gustafson going to actually be able to make great steps this year and play 35, maybe even 40 games, start 40 games and give us a, a chance at winning? You take Cam Talbot 100% of the time. Yeah, and that's the hard thing with uh, Gustafson is that he has the ability to play like a string of brilliant games. One, the bleeding hand thing freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I watched him walk over the, the the bench, take his glove off and just like flex a whole bunch, I was like, uh-oh, what's going on here? You can't have that during high-pressure uh, situations. Two, the other thing is just like, he was really inconsistent 
in Belleville as well as in Ottawa last year. So that's kind of my my expectation for him is a very good backup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he'll have one of those like two year stretches where he looks like he could really be a good goalie and then just kind of fall back, which honestly isn't super far off of Cam Talbot. But you just get the experience of of Cam Talbot here without the worry of is this a year for Philip Gustafson? He was so much better in in the bubble during during the COVID season. That was where I really started to believe in him. He was the best goalie of all of our goaltending during the COVID season. Right. We had the goalie chart upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A hundred percent. And. Where did uh, that goalie who was at the top of that chart uh, end up? Uh, I don't know. Oh, right. In our other graveyard team. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, big question mark. Don't understand why they made that decision, especially seeing how easy it was for, like, Camp Talbot feels like the exact perfect goaltender that you would put on Toronto. And it's Someone, cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cheaper. Uh, coming off a better season. Calmer instead of these big question marks. You can run him with Samsonov just as easy as you are with Murray. So unless Kyle Dubas just panicked and made the first deal he could, or hey, summer of a uh, hot, hot summer Pierre, hot Pierre, hot summer Pierre, hot Pierre hot, summer, <laughs> let's go, hot Pierre summer. Uh, maybe he's just got that silver tongue this year, and he uh, he got Billy Garen to uh, to pull the trigger when when other teams couldn't. Yeah, or uh, he went up to Kyle Dubas and said the magic three words. Sioux Greyhounds. It's, it's, I'm from the Sioux, and I don't even have an attachment to these old Sioux Greyhounds like he does. And it's weird. Like, he doesn't like any of the good news Sioux Greyhounds. They're like Jake friggin' Muzzin and Matt Murray. Like, these are the Sioux Greyhounds that weren't even, like, popular during the Sioux Greyhounds run runs of success with Kyle Dubas. It's hilarious. Ah, oh, it's incredible shit. It's and hilarious. it's gonna... What if the Leafs miss... Oh my they God. won't. Well, what if they did? Honestly, for the money that they have tied up, they are one major injury to Austin Matthews and or Mitch Marner away from really struggling because they can't sign any players, even with LTIR, if the player comes back, that puts them in a bad position. Their depth is just god-awful, and their junior team, like the Marlies, are just a like a smorgasbord of just absolute rookies and people who aren't ever going to play in the NHL because they can't do the salaries. They can't handle ever calling any of them up for that because of salary salary caps. So if Matthews goes down for like a five, six month stretch, they'll have to do a weird panic signing and then they'll have to do a weird, like really bad uh, trade at the trade deadline. And I could see them getting in a lot of trouble. Now, if, all their players stay healthy, then they're okay. But they're uh, they put back themselves into a really bad quarter if a big injury happens, and I love it. Yeah, especially because and then after this year, uh, look at the UFAs. You have Kerfoot, Angval, David Camp, <laughs> and oh. uh, well, Justin Hall's gone. But it's like that Morgan Riley contract could age really badly. I already think it has. Like he's seven point five, which compared to Shabbat, it's eight million. And Shabbat clocks thirty minutes a night, plays every single role on the team with with an absolute elite level. And Morgan Riley is a very good defenseman. I just don't think you can justify seven million 
or uh, 7.5 million on a team where you're cash strapped as is for a very good defenseman. You have to be doing it the, the old school uh, Pittsburgh way, which uh, was just Latang made, I think, what, six or something. And then like everyone else on their D was like 2 million and just for some reason, not bad at all. And they can make it work. That's the only way you can make balance that team. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Pittsburgh's because... also blessed because they're the Buzz Flibbit and <laughs> Mark Donk team. <laughs> I freaking love anything with the name Donk. Donk is just, it's a fun word it's to say. Fun word. It's a fun word. And now Pittsburgh, like, I don't, I, good for them for keeping Malkin beca- and, and Latang because I think it is special for them to say, hey, we won three cups, maybe more. Was it two cups? Yep. Two cups with this core. And we're keeping them together for one last little little run to see if we can really cement them. And that that's pretty cool. That doesn't happen all that often. No, you love to see it. They're gonna get so bad and they're they're gonna get so bad so fast. Melkin had the cyborg knee. Like Chris Latang's making six million bucks and he's always injured and like one one like he had a stroke, and I'm not trying to say that as anything, but like this guy is cursed. He literally has had every bad thing happen to him. Uh, they had to trade Marino for Ty Smith, who is one of the worst defenders in the league. Like they have had to just like push this team together to try and make it any certain. Jeff Carter, Jeff Carter, still alive, and he's on their team. Like they are so close to. Uh, Michael Matheson being just resurrected from Florida somehow. Like, yeah. Is, yeah. What, what but the then they had to trade him. But they had to trade him. They're still paying. They're still paying. Now, Stanley Cup winner Jack Johnson, almost a million bucks a year until 25 26. Like, that's not that big of a deal. But they are, them and Boston are the teams that are, are always poised to fall out of playoff contention in the East. And the fact, if you look at uh, Pittsburgh, that all of their UFAs are basically for another three seasons, like the second and third season might be some of the roughest Pittsburgh hockey we've seen in a long time. But knowing Pittsburgh and their blessings, maybe they miss by uh, a slot or two and they get uh, Bedard. I could absolutely, I feel like that's kind of like Mario That's the thing that could happen, yeah. Behind the scenes is like making hockey god pledges, (laughs) offering up his magic blood for something to to make this happen again. He still has bricks from the old forum that he like sacrifices on an altar, (laughs) chants some ancient prayer. It's ridiculous. I. They, I, I also love that they have Kaspari Kapanen, who I just remember Leafs fans on Twitter when they made the Kessel trade, was like, this guy's going to be a superstar. And like, he's been so absolutely average like, or worse. He's the definition of mid. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mid, but then I was worried someone would call me out for being old and not hip. And then is they, that word not hip anymore? No, I think I think it is hip. I'm okay. saying I don't think I have the hipness to pull it off. Oh. Yeah. Okay, no, I said it. You're fine. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm safe. My brand is fine. <laughs> Jay, we got to do I, the brand management. This is important. I, I cultivate it so hard <laughs> with my good tweets. Like, <laughs> I can't remember. I had a pure insane one. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, the, the modern version of I have no mouth, but I must scream is I have no mouth, but I must click. That's what I got to protect. Everyone needs to think of good tweets like that instead of me saying mid. Is it bad that I saw that this morning? I was like, but then I could just press my screen. Oh, my, my thought was just like, oh, you can get a virtual mouse. <laughs> but, but I understand I can use my playing. thing with a keyboard. <laughs> I, I am significantly too online and too plugged in. Like, my buddy Alex at SnipeCity420 on Twitter, uh, I'm in a hockey pool with him, and he always oh, no. roasts me, because when I take screenshots, I take them on a desktop computer, and he's like, I have to zoom in. Like, cause everything he does is on his phone, and I'm like, let me just uh, get my snipping tool ready to keep going, and I guess that's not cool anymore. What? People don't just press Windows key and write snip? Yeah, or, or uh, Windows key shift S. Oh shit, I forgot about the shift S. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I work in support, so I'm constantly yeah, that's those sick. screenshots. All right. And uh, rounding out the first section of this show, <laughs> out of three, Josh Norris resides with Ottawa. 7.95 million for eight years. Very, very good signing. Oh, fantastic. And the fact it was done, like, the first week that it could have been done or something, I think... No, no, we had to get him beforehand, so we could have done it last year. But the first week of July, like, think about last year where every single piece of discussion around the Senators was about Brady uh, Kachuk. Is he going to stay? Does he want to stay? Does he want to play here? Is he going to go to Calgary? Is he going to go to St. Louis? And this Josh Norris is just in his beautiful himbo energy, just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this seems good. Let me just sign my name on this. I will be a Senator for eight more years. Which Give me is the just, money. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's too much of an overpay. It's a, maybe you could have tried to get him for seven million or seven four or something like that. Uh, I don't it is care. very fair, especially because no, he has no terms on that contract. So if yeah, it does which, go bad, we can trade him. Crazy, absolutely crazy that there are no terms on that. But it's, yeah, exactly. It's like the goddamn uh, sorry, Drew Doughty contract. Was like, yeah, I, I did this myself, and I made it easy for everyone. Dude, you just lost yourself like four million dollars a year. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> which is which? Such Drew Doughty energy. This friggin' long hair, and I say this is someone who has long unkempt hair a lot of the time. Like he has such big, like yeah, I negotiated my own contract uh, energy. I yeah. love it. But he doesn't even get the himboness to it. So no, no, because he's kind of a jerk too. Like, I, I can't remember. He did a dirty hit on someone, so I've decided to hate him forever. And, of course, the right. Norris feeling. Like, get out of here. You're not welcome up in, in the uh, the greater Udaway region. If I see you here, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will look at you with a little bit of disdain, my friend. Come on. What if he is secretly the last RD? <laughs> okay, now you've made me want something. Not because I think it's the right choice. I just think it would be really funny if somehow we just friggin' uh, Drew Doughty on this team. How much? Uh, how many years does he have left? Where's he at? Five. Oh, friggin' eleven million. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Never mind. Even it's for not a worth bit, the beam. Even for a bit, I'm out. <laughs> oh fuck that. Oh my All God. right. Speaking about a bit, it's podcast game Tay and I play once every year. Uh, Tay's gone. You're in. We're doing free agent prices right. Do you know how prices right works? Oh, do I? Yes. Yes, I okay, do. Okay, good. All right. So, as everybody knows, 
you have to name a price that's below as close to the price as you can without going over. And it's on the total value of the contract for five free agents. I, I was going to ask, are we doing years as well? How many? Did you have years on yours? Uh, I did, but they weren't the ones, the part that I've thought about. Okay, let's just do cap hit. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, all right. So, cap hit. Whoever gets closest to cap hit without going over wins the round. And whoever gets the most, gets the most wins, makes the loser watch their favorite anime. Yeah, which honestly, I have a feeling I can't pick an anime that you haven't watched. So, Mm -hmm. it might might be tricky. My taste is so eclectic that you probably would be surprised what i haven't watched okay okay i'm here for it yeah and you're being forced to watch macross frontier (laughs) wait is that that's not the macross one that has 600 episodes no this it's only 26 and two yeah yeah, absolutely 100 percent. yeah let's go all right right. so we're starting with uh calgary legend johnny gaudreau (laughs) what do you got uh, so I put down 10.5 million and I, I thought New Jersey was going to do it. I put down 10 million and I thought Philly. Yeah. Well, yeah, well the ones we're both over. I, if either of us got Columbus, I would say, Actually, sorry, I lied. I put at eight, I put eight by 10 million. So I thought he was going to stay in Calgary. Oh, that's exciting. Oh yeah. I wrote teams, but I guess we don't need to do teams either. The actual. 9.75 for seven years to Columbus. What, so, what the fuck? I, I just, like, good for Columbus because I feel like we have a kinship of this vibe that these are like, no one will ever play in these these places. No one will sign here. These these teams and cities are bad. So Nobody knows they, where Ohio is. <laughs> well, to, uh, to, honestly, I never realized ohio was as close to canada as it was until like two years ago like right, you, can, fair. you can basically see it from, from <laughs> windsor if you really like squint across uh lake erie like that's wild but like never go to ohio i've never heard yeah. anything about ohio but johnny goudreau did what do you see on ohio or on columbus like this is my question is you look at that lineup and what part of it is like i will commit seven years of my life to this you this think Branson punked like about this was like, yo, <laughs> they gave me four by four million. This place is hype. <laughs> like, also, yeah, good Branson. How does this guy keep making so much money? Ridiculous. I fucking wish I could. I wish I had hot Branson summer. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I, if anyone wants to hire me for four million dollars a year to do a less than adequate job. I I will 100% happily do that. Yeah, yeah. My Venmo's open. <laughs> but, like, they're still paying Jacob Voracek $8 million. They've got, they've got, like, after that, it falls down so hard. Like, I think Jack Roslovich is a fine player, but he's, like, is he that your first-line center? Is this you want to be playing up in the, your first line role until Cole Sillinger's ready? Like, I, you, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. You think they think Sillinger's ready to help? <laughs> maybe. Maybe they're going to do... Why not? You got nothing yeah. else to lose. Yarmo must just be like, every morning waking up and just being like, what happened? 
how did this work? <laughs> like, you look Who's at signing look, on Coke. Holy shit! <laughs> you see fucking New Jersey, and you're like, oh, they they've got Jack Hughes coming up, Nico Heshire, Dougie Hamilton. This is a t- this is a team that's gonna be good pretty soon. They're gonna compete pretty soon, and you plop Johnny Gaudreau right on that line, and you're like, well, they got their goal scorer. Let's go. No, nope. Johnny Goodrow said, I don't really care about ever winning a thing, which is good because I think he's only won two playoff series with Calgary over his career. I think so. Yeah, not many because Calgary has always, until this year, was always that team that was expected to make the jump and never did. Yeah. Uh, which makes me laugh because I always, I don't know, I've, I've never liked Calgary. I always think of them as Western Leafs for some reason, so I'm happy about that. Uh, and now he just uh, just walked away saying, I will continue losing uh, hockey playoffs. Playoff what I don't hockey. get is New Jersey offered him more money and yes. it was closer to home. Oh. Yes. Is this it? Maybe he actually didn't want to be... He wanted to be closer, but not that close. Yeah, which we, we can all understand. A little buffer zone. Come on. It's a nice yeah, little spot. two states. <laughs> but then again, if your buffer zone means you have to live in Ohio, get Come me on, out of dude. there. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand this, man. It's like, how... And, like, it's incredible because, like, they also managed to fit Andre Pilat in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, why did Andre Pilat decide that? Like, who knows? I guess you get enough cups, you're fine. But, like, everything Columbus-related this offseason made no sense. But good for them. I'm happy for whoever... Well, what's incredible it. is freaking... Can we take a minute to just laugh at Philadelphia? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a... <laughs> when you get an opportunity to sign a man who has been kicked off multiple NHL teams... And you're trying to speak to him a few days early. You just gotta. You gotta. You gotta. And it stops you being able to, from signing Johnny Gaudreau. You just gotta. <laughs> if if there's one thing I know that the Philadelphia Flyers needed, it is a big locker room distraction to the point where after getting Norris votes, gets kicked off and punched by a player on his team, then signed to a team who is like, we believe in him, who gave up on him. You got to give him five million bucks. You got it. you just go out there with your checkbook and you say, "Hey, we're gonna make the fan favorite the player who beat cancer. We're gonna we're gonna let gonna him walk. Him out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye, friend, so that uh, oh my god, <laughs> Ilya Brzezgalov is still on the books somehow for uh, that for but zero, it's zero dollars. dollars. I don't understand that. That's above me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is absolutely positively insane to me what they did. Gritty is mad. Gritty is gonna go out there. He's gonna cause some 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 havoc. Someone will die. <laughs> and honestly, if it's Tony D'Angelo, I think that's best for everybody. Yeah, no kidding. All <laughs> right. So moving on to contract number two, we have Darcy Kemper. I have him signing for six million a year in Seattle. Ooh, you, you, Seattle going to do the back-to-back uh, Colorado goaltending? I'm here for I, the memes. <laughs> so I put him at uh, 6.2 million. So again, over. over. Uh, but to Washington. So I got the team right. At oh, least you got time. Washington. Nice. Yeah, I thought that Washington, well, with them giving up uh, Vanacek, I think, really early on, I thought that uh, they were going to target uh, someone. And Quemper makes a lot of sense for them. They're like... Colorado or uh, Toronto in trying to just 
shuffle pieces around to stay competitive, even though their cap structure makes no sense and that hurts them every time. But uh, I can't believe he made six million bucks. I think he is. Uh, I think the two most overrated goaltenders in the league are Darcy Quemper and Jack uh, Campbell, who benefited from playing on teams that control the pace of the game for 80% of the game. It's very, very easy to be a good goalie. Counterpoint. Darcy Kemper put up respectable statistics in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why I think I think he he is better than Jack Campbell. But that's I don't know. I I watched him a lot in Colorado, and even though he won thirty seven games, he never looked convincing or the reason they were winning a game. It usually was just like he has to just make these easy stops. But you are right. His his twenty eighteen season where he put up 27 wins on uh, on a pretty garbage Arizona team uh, might mean that he can do a little bit more. So I'm... I'm he also holding... dragged that Arizona team into the playoff bubble. Yeah. Yeah, who else was on? I'm seeing who their other goal scorer was on their team. They beat Nashville. <laughs> That's just good and funny. Alex Galchenyuk put up 19 goals that year. Good for him. Good for he, he and Brad Richardson were their leading scorers. The, shut up. Yeah, absolutely. Our goal scorers <laughs> like Clayton Keller and OEL put up more points, but uh, the only people to break or to almost get 20 goals were Galchenyuk and Brad Richardson. Wow. Well, that's wow. Uh, all right, that's all right, foolish. Maybe I'm putting two, two. Oh, what a what a weird selection of goalies that they played that season too. Quemper, Hill, Ranta, and Picard. Like that is a. Uh, I can see how Quemper won out in that in that situation. But also, according to Hockey Biz, we have over thirty expected goals saved. Jesus Christ! What the hell? Whoa! What a game! What a what a what a team! What a sport! What a sport! Yeah, yeah, they beat Nashville. <laughs> See, but that's, uh, Took like, Colorado to five games. That's so <laughs> funny. I don't know who Nashville... Like, I think Nashville might still, like, make the playoffs, but, like, their lineup is so undynamic. I don't think, like, any of them are excited for playoffs. Like, I think they start their playoff series, and they're like, hmm, would be a little nice to kind of just be done with it. Like, it, they look just like they're, they're and tired. And UC Saros is just like, guys, please. Like, please, 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 please. And, like, Roman Yossi being like, I will do everything. No one needs to worry. I will do absolutely everything. And then you just see him at a Denny's after the game. You're like, Roman, aren't you supposed to be, like, call it cooling down or something? That was the third. Ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say, Denny's, at least the one near my house in Merrillville, is no longer open past 8 at night. Isn't that fucked up? What the hell? Who is going to a Denny's not in the middle of the night is my question. Who is like, oh, let me make sure I get to my Denny's at 5 o'clock. Like, oh, wait, I know, is... I know, I know. Seniors discount. Uh, it must be. It must be because, like, uh, I've never had a Denny's at a normal time of day. My Denny's experiences have either been like bright and early in the morning before doing something way too early or two in the morning because nothing else is open and I got to get some. Got to get yeah. some of that pancake. The pancake is never as good as you think it's going to be. It's always so disappointing. Like, like every time like oh. we end up at a Denny's, my wife will be like, 
I'm going to get pancakes because that seems like the least offensive item on this menu. <laughs> it is the most offensive item on the menu because you could cut into it, put it in your mouth. It's like, this is a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a good, uh, not in a good sponge way either, where it's like, oh, you just sucked up all of the, uh, all of the. No, it somehow repels the syrup. It's like a sponge that you let sit in your sink as you soaked it overnight. Yes. And you have to like squeeze it a billion times to be able to do its job again. And it leaves a weird smell on your hands, and you would never use it. You know what's not going to be disgusting? It's something we aren't going to use. Claude Giroux. Woo woo! Let's go. What do you got? So I have. Uh, I I I figured Ottawa as soon as uh, as soon as Debrincat fit there, and he didn't stay in Florida. It made no sense for him to go anywhere else. Yeah. The old Colorado had kicked the tires. I think Calgary was, oh no, Edmonton was rumored for it. He would never have been able to get the, uh, the term that he would want in Ottawa, which I had thought was going to be four years. And I didn't think he'd get the money, which I put down for 7.5 million, which I am just, don't give me a GM job because I will just open with. You'll just make it rain. Extra. Yeah, exactly. Because well, I had three by 5 million to Ottawa. Oh, hell yeah. I, I take win. the win this round. Let's yeah, go. You take the win. You take the win Ooh. 100%. But can we, like five would have been amazing. I still feel like 6.5 is a bargain. Oh, yeah. Like, it might put look up, bad two years from now, but uh, yeah, right whoop now, no. Whoop-de-doo. And even then, it's Claude Giroux. He is, I, I think Brady Kachuk is an absolute fantastic captain. I think we made the right choice with that. Claude Giroux captained. Every, the Philadelphia Flyers for a decade and having that sort of experience and that sort of navigator for someone like uh, Brady Kachuk to be able to come to him with these these questions, I think is going to cement this team's future for a long time. And way. Gritty will rub off. <laughs> we can hope. Hey, I think back to the Gritty Sparta Cat uh, goal at the mascot all-star game or whatever, where Sparty sent a, a long saucer pass from behind the opponent goalie to Gritty at center ice, who whacked it out midair into a goal. Like, hey, come hype, on. Dude. Is that is that going to be Giroux and uh, Stutzla? Let's see. Let's that go. That better be it. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Moving on. The current score is one nothing, Tim. And yeah. we're moving on to Andre Burakovsky. What do you got? Uh, so I don't even remember where he signed it for how much, but I wrote Seattle. Down, uh, oh, he went to Seattle. No, I put down five point five Detroit. Holy shit! I also put five point five no! to Colorado, <laughs> and he signed for five point five in Seattle. I uh, wait. I was actually right. Like I know we tied on this. I didn't We're even on the money. I I don't know why. I was just I was in sense happiness. I was yeah. elated. Because I I didn't even follow Burakowski. He was someone who I thought we might make a push for if we didn't get Giroux and Debrinkat. Was like, hey, let's give him give him some money. That seems like a deal. Five point yeah. five for him. Yeah, that's put up twenty goals. Very competent forward. Yeah, yeah, and stable, which is exactly what Seattle needs. Good job, Seattle. Yeah, like the nice. thing that the knock on Burakowski is, I think for a bit of the seat, like he, I think he was a healthy scratch for a bit, which was a bit weird. But yeah. then he came back and played really well. <laughs> and that's, when you're a team like Colorado, you can do that. Yeah. Oh. Like, unlike Seattle, who has, like, negative finishing, <laughs> Burkowski could finish. Well, and the other thing, too, was Seattle was actually going to be a middling team, a mid-team. Grubauer was even half as good as people thought he was going to be. Okay, I got fucked so hard by Grubauer. <laughs> Fantasy? Did he pick Yeah. Up? 
Uh, oh. Guess guess who decided to uh, leave goalies until the end? <laughs> so I made a mistake in mine, and I picked them at a weird time, and I ended up with Quemper and, and Campbell, which worked out really well for me, but I am such a hater of both those goalies, so people were, were chirping me. I got uh, out but... early by trading uh, Grubauer for Markstrom. Ooh, that's pretty good. And then he went on the shutout run. Yeah, that's uh, whoever you traded with uh, has to be feeling pretty bad about that. Yeah, he was pretty mad, and then he dumped he dumped out Grubauer, and I think he put he pulled in Swayman, and that ended up working out for him. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I had a little chance for Swayman, but I kept thinking Rask was gonna come back, so I never did. He kind of did. Yeah, well, <laughs> a defined comeback. <laughs> that's why I said kinda. All right. <laughs> Finally, and this is the redemption shot for a tie. We're 2-1. Dylan Strom. All right. Here, you go first this time. I want to know if I'm screwed. One by two million. And I thought he was actually going to stay. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't <laughs> expecting him getting bought out. But then after that, I was like, ah, he probably goes to New York or some shit. I don't know. I put down, I thought he was going to go to Toronto because I was falling prey to everyone posting pictures of him in all those, all that Maple Leafs gear and him at a Blue Jays game screaming at umpires. I thought that they were going to get him for 2.5 million. So I put down 2.5 mil. He signed for, did we tie? We tied again? I think we tied. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause he signed three, three and a half million for Washington. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, good. I think that's a tidy little grab for Washington. Yeah. You know what? I think this is our the best performance I've ever had. And because, like, usually Tay and I only get, like, one or two. <laughs> and we, we, like, bullseyed one of them. Yeah, on the, yeah, right on the money. Burkowski, yeah. But it is three to two. Tim wins. So, uh, you're watching Macross Frontier. Oh, uh, that's fine. It's, it's that's a good show. Good. Let me let me uh, take a little peek. Wait, Unfortunately, uh, that's a good time. That's a good time. Yeah, the official. So Macross, the later stuff went through uh, a licensing hell that it only just recently came out of. So I don't think so far only the movies have come over for a theatrical release. So uh, if you're going to watch it, you're going to have to watch it illegitimately. Which honestly for anime. Yeah, like there's only one way. If if Crunchyroll wasn't the biggest piece of garbage, I would absolutely use it more often. But like I, I think I still pay for a Crunchyroll subscription and try and go out of my way to find other means because it's the buggiest platform I've ever used. It doesn't even work on my goddamn Xbox. Like, well, that's just it. Like, I remember trying to Chromecast it and the <laughs> ads that it would play, even with premium, it would play ads. And for some reason, the ads were unskippable and they would play at like 0.5 speed for me. And it just didn't what? matter what I did. Yeah, so every ad was like this. And they would play like two minute blocks of ads. So I was like, oh, screw it. And, it. and I think I just kept that subscription because I... Like, I subscribe to things, and then I just never look at my bank account. Right. I don't know. It's like, I do like to make sure that... Cre oh, and if, for the people listening, <laughs> this is no longer a hockey podcast. We're into the weeb shit section. Which, you should stay and open your horizons. Yeah, Enjoy it's good yourself. stuff. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm not an advocate for piracy, but uh, fuck Funimation. <laughs> the Crunchy app kind of blows. Yep. 
and I, I I will gladly give my money to to the uh, the publishing studios, the uh, the TV studios, in other means, whether it's merchandise or something like that. But no, you can't. It, it being a North American anime in, in, enjoyer, a person of culture, uh, you cannot. Uh, you Thanks, cannot Rashi. Adhere. <laughs> you cannot adhere to uh, getting them all by above board means. Like the big thing that I do is that I buy a lot of physical media. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so like as I mentioned, like the Macross series is my favorite. So I have a I have a full CD rack. <laughs> oh, good. No. Yeah, because I bought all the albums. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say. So I'm a I'm a big music guy. Well, not anymore. All the new music is scary because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but it it was a uh, I've got I buy a lot of vinyl, and I don't yeah. even. I don't have my record player hooked up. I have a record player, but I, I just love having the physical media. I love the, the art. I love everything like that. And that's kind of the same thing for anime where it's like yeah. the physical media you buy is usually of a quality that makes it worth owning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually it's really nice. Just to be able, the nice thing with the physical media is it's staring you in the face and it's like, Oh yeah, I like that show. And then I just pull it out and pop it in like yeah. uh, last year. Uh, one of my other favorite shows, uh, See the Money and Soul of uh, Possibility Control. Uh, it was its 10th an- 10 year anniversary, and I had the Blu ray set. So I was like, hey, I said to my wife, hey, let's watch through this, and we could just watch one episode a week on the same day that it aired. And it was really fun. It was like, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't just have the DVD set sitting there. Oh, Sorry, the Blu ray set doing there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you upgraded it. You can't, I don't, I don't want any DVDs. Get out of here. We're, we're in the future now. But we'll be fair. there are some series like Hitamari Sketch. Uh, it was only in 480p for the first season, so I have the I have the DVDs for Hitamari Sketch. Jeez, <laughs> 480p. Remember when that was a thing? When you were like, "Oh, this show's uh, gonna be in 1080i. I gotta make sure my uh, my television can handle this interlacing kind of mess." Yeah, what <laughs> or just era. like oh, I remember even when I started downloading, like uh, I grabbed like the 1080p rips, and then my buddy's like. Tim, you're a moron. The 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 studio only draws it in uh something akin to 720. Everything else is just a shitty upscale. He <laughs> was right, which is the worst part. Yeah, those are the worst. I hate when people are right about something that I have done wrong. I want to be perfect in every way, please. Every single fucking way. And uh <laughs> what's incredible is a lot of studios are still like that, right? Oh yeah, no, that's like the like anime in the last 20 years have come a long way, but it is still such a traditional kind of style and method and these these uh artists and these mangakas who get their stuff kind of transformed, they still want the traditional methods to be used, which is wild to me because it's so much but work. It's also tough though because like you in the last 5 years or so there's been like I remember back even in 2012, 2011, right? There was about maybe 30 shows a season. Like that's a lot of cartoon, but at 20 minutes episode, you could reasonably watch every show in a season. Nowadays yeah. there's like 50, 60 and it's like oh, I can't god. watch all of this. God, and a lot of it like bleach. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's like most of it's so middling that nobody's ever going to even think about this show in like 5 5 weeks let alone 5 months. Like well, uh, the worst one is, is that uh, did you read? Uh, it's a uh, Hoshizora no Saradame is the Japanese title, but it's uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer in English. No, absolutely not. But I love that name. 
so the manga is fantastic but the mangaka was like yo we're we're gonna do it but it's just gonna be it's the animation is so meaty so mid and it's so sad that this really cool manga about kind of self-actualization wrapped in a shonen battle uh, got animation. this treatment it's so sad oh so well and there's so many like that and well and reverse too yeah uh, and the worst thing about biscuit hammer is this this manga it ran from like 2006 to 2011 it got adapted it's it's airing now <laughs> people were like this like people as it was being written people were like oh this would be so cool to see in an anime but it's never gonna happen never gonna happen oh it's done it's never gonna get adapted now there's no way to sell it and then like last year you saw like the it's been it's been like picked up for an anime people were like what the fuck cool cool cool, cool. and then you're then you get it the monkey's paw curls <laughs> the live action death note of the uh <laughs> moment where you take a second in the first moment yeah. you're like oh this is bad oh this it's is really bad, bad. <laughs> uh okay i'll put that on my list it's so that's why i'm so scared for for spice and wolf <laughs> oh i see i remember there so i i'm i'm not as plugged in as i used to be but i remember watching the first spice and wolf uh or the like the original one and yeah. i thought it was great are they doing a new one uh so it has been i don't think it i'm not sure if like it's a, a full remake? reboot or a remake or they're c continuing where they left off but it yeah we're going to be getting new spice and wolf so it's so i i'm because i was unplugged for a little bit and i'm kind of paying attention like there's so many of these things are just getting remakes and i want to know why like uh fruits basket getting the the weird remake that's come out and it's uh so good though yeah i don't know i still have a soft spot for the original so i think i was like oh this is it's it's missing a little bit of that old campy charm that the uh the first one had what you um, mean eyes bigger than their face okay if it's a show joe <laughs> i mean i understand and it was it was it clamp or was it just clamp adjacent because like clamp uh, art just freaks me out like i don't think no fruits basket wasn't clamp no i I, I, clamp anyway. I think i just watched it originally when i was watching more clamp things and i'm like right, yeah. clamp face clamp face lelouch your head doesn't make sense it looks it looks painful your chin please Lelouch, just tone it down. Yeah, like, please have a proper, not guitar-shaped head. Which was always freaked me out, because then he would sometimes wear a mask, and his head would look more normal, but then he took it off, and it looked like he would poke someone's eyes out with all the jagged lines. Oh my god, like, it was so... I, I couldn't actually get through Code Geass. <laughs> I, I liked the first season, and then the second season was so horrible. But, it's the only anime to feature Pizza Hut that pro predominantly and that yeah, I can't I can't forget I can't ever forget the amount of Pizza Hut boxes in that anime which I just have to applaud that attempt of product placement well what was so fun funny about it is they'd be like we're having this important meeting to avoid the British monarchy ding dong Pizza Hut okay uh -uh. but we can have this important meeting here <laughs> at my house some delicious stuffed crust pizza will definitely let us strategize better, and it's just it's so good. Also, one of the characters was named Nunnally, and I don't think I've, like, I that's not a name. And it just, it has never left me as a name to say things about. It's just always floating in my head that some, there was a character in something named Nunnally. Like, what is that? Get out of here. Was Nunnally his disabled sister? Yes, the one that he accidentally blinded right 
Okay, the only thing I remember about her is the stupid memes of, uh, I may be blind, but even I can see why kids love the taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and she's holding an upside-down box of Fruit Loops. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, see, that's, that's what made the thing, made the show good. But yeah, Gius was always super overrated to me. People were like, oh, you've got to see it. And I was, I really enjoyed Gundam at the time. So I was like, oh, cool. Kind of Gundam-y. And I was like, nah. nah. No, it's not the same. This it's weird because same. it's Sunrise too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it was, it was, it was just one of the weird ones. Yo, speaking about Gundam. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, we did a panel at uh, Calgary's anime convention, Otafest. And it was titled Mobile Suit Mommy Issues. A Freudian <laughs> decomposition of mobile suit gundam and uh we took a freudian lens to mobile this suit gundam mobile heavy. suit zeta gundam and shaw's counter attack that <laughs> you are going incredibly heavy with that panel i love it though well it was like it was incredible because we had they gave us an 11 p.m to midnight slot and we were on top of the rave oh give you the late one oh, yeah that's, uh, that's good though we got like i think we had about 10 to 50 maybe 15 at the most people wander in and uh so the problem is is my wife and i are both academics well i'm academic adjacent she's doing a phd and oh, yeah. in psychology and uh we just we we're like okay we're going to introduce the freudian concepts and then use them and uh, we brought up the slide that has have you ever seen any uh intro psych thing where they introduce the superego the id and the ego with an iceberg yeah. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so that slide comes up my wife is looking this guy in the eye while she's speaking and he gets up and looks her back in the eye gets up and walks away <laughs> and it's what? just like what the the dude just made a decision i'm not learning today well and it's you can't it absolutely uh makes sense for someone at an anime convention to just be like nope this is gonna break break my my ideas about this i'm out goodbye i don't want to know but at the same time you came to a panel titled mobile suit bobby issues a <laughs> freudian decomposition of gundam you should have expected sigmund freud yeah yeah no it's on them, <laughs> it's, it, on it, them. it's absolutely on them but i do understand how they're like oh no i, I misread what this was gonna be how who knows but Oh. Uh, the like the pad, the panel was so fun to put together though. <laughs> Is that how do you do panels often? So I started doing them before uh, COVID started. So 2019 was the first one, and uh, <laughs> I actually started with a meme finance panel. Oh, that's good. So you know, like the meme economy, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, I went way too hard on the joke and started using asset valuation techniques to price the memes. <laughs> all right I, I did you tweet about that once i might have i feel i feel like there was some time where you made that tweet and i looked at it and i was like what the mm, fuck okay <laughs> <laughs> but what's incredible is uh so i decided to run it back at odafest this year and nobody showed up <laughs> no uh i i will say the the whole meme economy is not necessarily the most current no of uh, there but oh it would have been good i would have gone i would have stayed i promise you that you would have stayed i would have stayed i would not have walked out instantly like the, the, the other person 
yeah that uh, i've also done like panels about macross my wife did a panel about dogs in anime <laughs> Ooh, uh one one jumps to mind and it is uh... she intentionally avo- she actually avoided it so hard that she talked about another dog in full metal alchemist <laughs> oh wait what, what's what's the other dog i've i actually haven't seen full metal alchemist but it's uh i think oh. ed i think ed and uh alphonse have a dog at home that, that would make sense that would make sense oh, you got you gotta watch brotherhood that's like one of the pillars i just haven't made time for it yeah it, and it's honestly just existing in the space you kind of fill in a whole bunch of stuff well like yeah. that's I, I love cheesy shonen anime that go on for 400 episodes like, <laughs> i have watched a lot of naruto to the point where i think i was caught up at one point which, isn't it over or I, did you I give up on so. board no i didn't i have not watched a minute of Boruto. don't don't okay. put that out there no <laughs> one think of that uh but like i watched all the way up to like i'm trying to think of the the big fight, like the guy with the Rinnegan, I saw the end of pain. Dude, ship it and ended like almost ten years ago now, bro. Yeah, well, this is like it was around that time where I caught up and I was like, okay, I'll wait, and then I just never went back. Okay, fair. I, I've got like forty episodes left, but I think they were doing filler or something at the time, and I'm like, no, I can't. Handle of course, this. they were. Yeah, yeah. I to be fair, when I watched the rest of Naruto, I had a filler guide for what to skip, as for shonen anime you have to otherwise of you course. just watch 40 episodes of one shots and you want to die oh so you you've obviously watched uh haruhi suzumiya right oh yeah of course absolutely did you watch all of the endless eight no i don't know if i watched any of the endless eight i gotta google this oh come thing. on brah i watched it in one sitting <laughs> i was just like episodes is it Let's oh see. it's no, eight no i never really but they are identical it's like actually just the same story with my very slight variations each time. Okay, I'm into I'm into that sort of esoteric bullshit so much. Actually, like I that, oh, I love that. Okay, it's so maybe good. I should watch it. Yeah, it's rough because like the second season of Haruki is definitely not as good as the first season or the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, especially because it's a 14 episode show, yep. of which eight are the same episode. I, but that's great no i love that i love when when any sort of content creator is just like no 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 no. i am not going to do what you want i am going to intentionally be a pain in the butt no i think i only watched the first uh season and the movie i'm looking honestly at the here there really is only one episode from uh the the second season that you really have to watch and it's the first one uh bamboo rhapsody and it's a very good episode and also super dry for the opening from season two is a bop <laughs> oh okay i'll put it on my list too i'll put it on yeah my list. oh yeah the other thing that we did at odafest this year that actually got a decent amount of people coming is uh we did anime that japanese people actually watch <laughs> which one what are they so we made them watch uh sazai sod and chibi maruko chan so sazai sod is a show actually i'm gonna have you guess the when do you think this anime started if it's if it's one that they still watch, it's gonna be old and still coming out like five times a week. I'm gonna guess 1973. You no, are actually very I... close. Oh, what, what, 1969. What was oh, I I was gonna say 1965, <laughs> but I was like, no, 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 it's too long. That, that's the, that's what the Japanese people love. So like, Maruko yeah. is probably what in the 80s. 
Because uh, I can picture it. I can picture it. The, yeah, the, I'm surprised you could picture Maruko-chan. But, uh, because most well, people have heard Sase-san, but not Maruko-chan. The art is absolutely terrifying. If oh, I'm remembering right. Well, it's old school, but like, I yeah. don't know. There was something unsettling about the like... Just round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it did not fit my expectations. Yeah, so the manga started in uh, 84, but the actual show came out in 90. Okay. And okay. it's still going. Like, the incredible thing is, like, in, for both uh, Chibi, for both Maruko-chan and Sazai-san, the manga card dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the show is still going. They, they worked themselves to death. <laughs> no, well, what's insane for Sazai-san is uh, the mangaka, the mangaka uh, Hagasawa-sensei, she stopped writing the manga in 1974. Okay. And <laughs> the show kept going. Uh, hey, you know what? When you can write a character and easy hooks, boom, why not? Yeah, pretty much. Make that uh, money. But yeah, no. The dedication the Japanese have to old-ass anime is fucking like, old-ass anime they like is fucking incredible. Yeah, I just googled Sazai-san and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I remember the dude with the the mustache and the tiny coke bottle glasses and yeah it's iconic how how long are the episodes uh so they usually do it's it's a full segment so it's 30 minutes but it's usually two episodes two episodes in a show yeah okay that makes sense that makes sense yeah and uh wild yeah i ended up making people watch so uh, I put on like half an episode of Saze San, half an ep- half, a bit of an episode of Marco Chan, and uh, an Arare San ad. <laughs> and people. Sorry, Arare Chan. <laughs> <laughs> and then just talked about Detective Conan and uh, Doraemon. Yeah, Doraemon. <laughs> the anime that's featured in the most other animes on uh, Lunchboxes and things like that. Oh, yeah. He's been in fucking everything. Yeah, Did you know? Dead. There's a Harvest Moon game based on Doraemon. Uh, is it out in North America? Because I have, I, I might be. I have a friend who loves every Harvest Moon game. So sorry. I, well, it's a story of seasons, but ah, uh, it's it still counts. It's, it's still the counts. same thing. They played it. Yeah, they played the the good old story yeah. of seasons. Oh my All god! Of... I haven't plugged one of those. Oh god! You can get it on Steam for fifty bucks. Oh, what's it called? Uh, Doraemon Story of Seasons. All right. Well. Like, just dead ass. It's Doraemon. Doraemon. Oh, 64.99 Canadian, baby. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm gonna... It's also three years old? Why are you still so expensive? Bondi, get out of here. Well, I Come will on. Add, I will add it to a wish list, and if it ever goes to half price, I'll buy it for him. Yo, did you watch Birdie Wig last season? No, I haven't even heard of that. Okay, this... This anime is freaking wild. Oh, okay, wait, no, no. Now that I've Googled it, I am, uh, it's, yeah, golf one. I have heard it is unhinged. You, you have, you have to watch this show because, uh, it is lesbian underground money match golf. <laughs> Which, honestly, all of that tracks. And it gets weirder from there. I, I have <laughs> such a soft spot for, like, any sports anime too like it doesn't even like i watched as everyone did watched uh oh shit what's the uh the volleyball one everyone likes oh haiku yeah i i watched that and then i was googling like how do i join a volleyball team <laughs> in ottawa and this was like mid-pandemic where there were none and i was very out of shape 
And, like, I will just get super engrossed. I've watched all of Corona, no basket. Uh, too much of Inazuma 11 before I realized that it was a kid's anime. And I was like, oh, never and mind. And it's kind of crap. Yeah, I, I gave it a good, like, eight to ten episodes. And I was like, this isn't even cool. Like, do some cool sports things, please. And now no, that they're you've just had kids. me on. Now that you've had me on, I will watch... Uh, hockey orange i have a oh, pride of orange pride of orange I, I i said i would watch it if you had me on this podcast so now i have to so i've committed to macross and this oh damn uh, uh pride of orange wasn't very good <laughs> yeah but it's a hockey anime it's, a, it's the hockey anime yeah i'll watch it just because it's either that or the curling vn but the <laughs> curling vn has titties so uh, <laughs> that seems pretty weird for curling yeah, I, I can't believe it exists. <laughs> I'm just, I think I'm now just processing what you said of curling the end with maybe they were worried. Maybe, maybe they were worried they weren't gonna sell any because who's gonna who's gonna actively buy curling the ends? Well, it's <laughs> oh like God, curling it's is very popular in uh, Hokkaido. Okay. Okay. Really? Yeah. Why? So. How how it, did it translate there? Uh, so Hokkaido is imagine it basically has the climate of Alberta. Okay, yeah. So like they play yeah. ice, they play winter sports. Yeah, but curling. Yeah, they have curling, oh. hockey. Oh, like curling is fun. Like I started curling a few months ago, and I was shocked with how much fun I had doing it. So. I get it, sort of, but I still don't understand uh, curling anime titties, <laughs> which I will never stop laughing about. I'll it's see if people like, at the curling it, club want to uh, want to buy it for the uh, for the for the cafe or something. Oh, just this picture, the cover—it's incredible. You would have, you would never know that curling was part of it, because oh, like the that. cover is just like. Like a schoolgirl, an older woman, and uh, some purple heart girl. I don't know. Curling anime VN. Yeah, so it's called uh, Konoyuki Fururi, the snow blowing. And uh, yeah, it's just some guy lives in a small town. He got appointed as the coach of a curling team. Uh, there be ladies. Uh, one of them's a farmer. Uh, well, that, that tracks. That part tracks farmers and curling still the titties are weird but yeah. farmers and curling yeah no I, I would never looking at this picture i would never think this had anything to do with curling yeah and i can't there's just something very out there about this existing <laughs> i'm here for it good good on you japan keep it a coming come on do a new series let's go Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Break into the mainstream. I want I want the most shonen fucking sports anime curling ever. I don't know. I really appreciated uh Kita no Kaleidoscope, which is a very shoujo ice dancing anime. <laughs> well, like Yuri on Ice came out and it just like they made it badass and I guess a lot of other ones did too. You should actually watch Yuri on Ice. It's. I think it got overhyped. People went absolutely apeshit for it. The first season is fine, and then it just started to be like, oh, do we have to do more stuff like this to appeal? And it kind of fell off. Right. But it's still fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
I still I can't keep looking at these stupid. <laughs> this is the curling V and Ant cover art. It's <laughs> the, like, the, the cheesy, the cheesy like snowflakes around, which like there's no snow really in curling. It has to be all like oh, it's just it is it is perfectly anime VN. Like yeah, it has nothing to do. <laughs> Uh, friggin', friggin' hilarious. Find out all the weird, all, all the weird VNs. Do a panel on niche sport VNs, because I'm sure you can find like a whole bunch. But then I'd have to play okay. them. Oh god, yeah, and they'd probably be poorly fan translated as well. Yeah, and I still haven't found time to f- play through uh, White Album Two. I don't know that one. I'm oh, White Album the- Two. The first half got adapted into an anime in 2013 and it's probably one of the best romance animes ever made okay yeah white album two slaps is it named after the beatles album white album two no just a funny uh... it's just named white album (laughs) okay i'm here for it yeah so you don't have to you actually it's better if you don't watch the original white album okay the original White Album is not very good, but White Album 2 is fantastic. All right, I'll, I'll put that on my list. I, I will stand for that anime. <laughs> I, I was giving a buddy a ride, a ride home once, and he told me that he didn't really care for White Album 2, and I almost stopped the car. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Get out. You walk, and you think about it. <laughs> and you come back, and you tell me that Kazusa is the best girl in the show. Yeah. You 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 think about your decisions right now, and then you will you will rewatch it. And I need an essay telling me why you don't like it. Oh good! Lord. I just looked at my anime list and uh, told me that I've watched about seventy days worth of shows. I'm like, oh, good lord! <laughs> Honestly, that's not bad. I'm feeling very attacked. I can, or the. Uh, I can go through my League of Legends games that I've played in the last three years, and I'm probably I could probably put together at least 70 days worth of playing playing that, so uh, I think you're doing okay. That's fair, that's fair. And l- luckily, I don't have many things I rated below a 7. <laughs> you're just a passionate fan. You just like it. No, there, I did sit through a few threes. Okay, w- which ones are the ones that you've seen that you've hated? Uh, Cutie Honey Universe was terrible. <laughs> Is that? I'm trying to think of that. See, I I am not as. Uh, so, I, do you know uh, Cutie yeah, Honey? Yeah, yeah, I know Cutie Honey. It was the universe. 2018 reboot. Oh boy, oh, it was bad. That uh, that cover art is uh, there's a lot it's a going miss. on. There's a lot going on there, and none of it's good. Yeah, so we watched it because uh, we're gonna go see Gonagai at uh, Anime Expo, and. Okay. He was like, and we we're like, oh, he's probably going to focus on this. So we should actually know it. watch it so we know what the hell he's talking about it. He makes exactly one comment about the show. They drew her sexy and then proceeds to talk about Devilman. Uh, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, thank goodness. Much better, much better discussion right there. Yeah. But still. Cutie honey. It was, it was trash. Now, was he saying drew her sexy as a negative? No, as positive. That's like the only good thing you could say about the show is they drew her sexy. Oh, which is so contrasting for Devilman Crybaby that like 
that's just funny to have that juxtaposition to be like, um, the good part is the sexy drawing. And now let's talk about my incredibly, incredibly heavy discussion about Devil, uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Well, it was mostly just him kind of talking about, yeah, it was really cool to see like this new take on it, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going to draw Devil Man and you guys are going to think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which, correct. Correct, yeah. Just yeah, watching yeah. him just like draw this highly detailed Devil Man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had any skill where people would just pay me to do it. Just be like, hey, you want to come over and watch me make 14 like esoteric nonsense bullshit tweets? Because yes. if you do that, $15, please. Oh, what else was bad? Oh, Ald Noah Zero Season 2. I gave that a <laughs> yeah, I four. Even, I don't even know what that is. So Ald Noah Zero was a mech anime that came out in 20, 2014, 2015. Uh, A1 Pictures. Genrobochi was on board. So he did uh the Genrobochi did the screenplay for uh Madoka Magica. Ooh, and a bunch and Fate Zero. That, that, so, Madoka is my favorite anime ever. So nice. maybe well, I was gonna say maybe I'll check it out, but now I remember you said it's absolute hot garbage. Genrobochi, it turns out, was only really involved in the first three episodes. Okay. The first season, fun to watch. Robot show. The second season. <laughs> Uh, nonsensical ass pulls. The robots get dumber. The main character gets even more broken. And it just throws out the really awesome cliffhanger that the first season had. Oh, I hate that. That is like yeah, my fun. number one biggest uh, complaint is is that whenever like they the season one to season two, they decide that they want to go a different different direction. And it's just such a shift, which you can go back to uh, Code Geass. Where it was, it was actually pretty okay, and then the second season just broke every character, made them act nothing like what they were, and I didn't care for it. Yep. Yeah, and it's 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 awful because it's like I'm here for this show, I'm not here for this show anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, I have to commit to watching at least some of it. Yeah, and there was a few train wrecks from last year, uh, Wonder Egg Priority, and uh, the day I became God. <laughs> I think I watched, I saw a little bit of the day I became God, but I wasn't paying attention to it. It was just like on while I was doing something else. And right. It just seemed so bad. Like just, just like when you looked over, you're like, nah, none of this makes sense. And not in like a cool way. Yeah. In the absolute worst way. Well, it's funny because it's Jun Maida too. So it's like, I guess I should have, after Charlotte, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. Well, you never know. You want to, you want to believe. Yeah. I liked but, Angel but... Beats. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I thought I watched a Shaft anime I really liked a couple of years ago, but I'm looking through it and I'm like, none of these seem. Did you watch good. the? Mo Didn't they adapt the Madoka? Phone yeah, game? which they. Yeah, I, or Assault Lily. Maybe it was Assault Lily. Like I'm looking at it, it looks kind of familiar, but not enough. Maybe I just read Assault Lily and read that they were going into Shaft, which might have been. The case, because it, it looks familiar without it being fully... No, because this one isn't even... Ah, I'll just keep rambling on this. Yeah. Uh, but the Madoka ones, like, the things after the first season aren't bad, but they're just nothing at all. They don't hold a candle to that first, that, that first original kind of uh, Madoka, like, foray into the world. It was just done so perfect yeah. from start to finish. And I did like I... Revolution. I'm glad there's still... Which one was Revolution? A third movie. I don't know if I've seen that one. 
It's really good. Okay, okay. Maybe that one's... I'll actually do that one. Rebellion? Rebellion, sorry, yeah. Rebellion. Yeah, that's fine. I'm try- Maybe I saw that one? No, no, I definitely seen that one. Okay, if it's good, I might check it out. Because I watched Beginnings, and I was like, this is just the same. Oh, yeah, and Begin... Then- the yeah, yeah. Eternal was yeah. fine. It was fine, but I'm like, eh, you don't need to go go harder on the story. But if Rebellion is good... Yeah, because Rebellion is it actually picks up where the series left off and it takes it in a very, very cool direction. And then the new Madoka movie, which I think is coming out either this year or next year, is is going to kind of wrap that all up. Actually, the one that surprised me is, uh, did you ever watch a uh, Spinning Penguin Drum? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so Penguin Drum was a uh, a show done by the same director as Revolutionary Girl in Utena. And uh, it aired one seat. Sorry, it was a full course. So uh, 26 episodes back in 2011. Very good show. Last April. Sorry, April 2022. The show's Twitter after being basically dormant for like eight years. Basically announced, oh, hey, there's a movie coming out next week. That's the cool shit about anime. Like they will just drop something that would have incredible hype. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's out you wanted this there you go there it like, is it asshole happens all the time and it's just like how like in in western culture we have to live through months of discussion about it and it's just oh oh it's the worst yeah and I, I love I, I love drops like that i love yeah. drops like that and i haven't heard anyone say anything about this mo- like i don't think anyone's actually watched the I'm not sure if anyone actually watched the movie yet because, again, it just <laughs> hit theaters out of nowhere. Uh, it was just like, oh, okay. Like, it's a compilation, but they changed up the way things work, but nobody really knows what exactly it was. Weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Oh, I, I'm here for that stuff. I love that stuff. Yeah. All right. I think I think we've uh, weaved it up enough. Uh, I want I want one before you go. I want one hidden gem. One hidden gem. I, I feel like I've been gem. dropping nothing but hidden gems. Well, here. yeah, exactly. But like, you, it's been like very kind of go with the flow kind of thing. So I want one where you like pick out of like not a lot of people have watched this, but it's great. Okay, not a lot of people have watched this that I really love. Yeah. Um, what is a top one that Tim really likes? Uh, <laughs> Like in Canada, frankly, Macross Frontier, uh, White Album Two. Yeah, those ones I've got uh, written down. I really, uh, oh, Humanity is declined is a really good one as well. Terrific. Humanity's declined is a show that came out in 2012, and I remember. I guess it was just like a weird time in my life when it hit, and it's like. It, I just couldn't sit through it for some reason. Like every time I tried to watch it, it's like, I really appreciate what this show is doing. I like it a lot. The very cynical style of humor it has is hilarious, but I just couldn't go to, I just couldn't physically go to episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just have to be in the right headspace. Yeah. For, for things like that. Like I remember the first time I watched the first two or three episodes of Madoka, I was like, nah, not into it. Let me put on bleep. <laughs> and then it went back two years later. I was like, oh, my God. Yes, yeah. This hits yeah. everything. Yeah. So it was like I finally got around to watching uh, Genu- uh, Humanity Has Declined last year. 
and then I just pull it's only 12 episodes. I polished it off in like three days. Perfect. No, there we go. And it's really cool because the story is basically about how like they're living this world where humans have basically been replaced by these minuscule fairies that have like no empathy whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Fairies are jerks. Fairies are massive jerks. <laughs> and then it's basically just how does this world exist? As the show goes on, you'll notice something very cool about the way they're telling the story. Okay. All right. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my. Do you have a diamond in the rough pick? Oh, so is, uh, I, I'm not. I, I never was great at finding like a lot of the smaller ones, but I was a big fan of uh, in a very kind of it's a cheesy kind of fun one. School Rumble. I love School Rumble. Yeah, people, do, that's the one where I'll bring up and people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know that one, but it does, it does an amazing job of just being so unabashedly stupid in every way and just dialing every character up to caricatures of themselves, and it just made it so enjoyable to watch. And then I also really like Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, which oh, is oh, that's a like, classic. Well, and it's not for everyone because it is like you must really love weird music discussion that for yeah. some reason is gone back and forth. But like I said, I don't think I have anything in my repertoire that you wouldn't either be aware of or have seen. Right. But, uh, yo, who's your favorite character in School Rumble? Oh, God. Uh, um, Mangaka guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, it starts with an H. H? Oh, Harry oh, McKenzie? Yeah, I love him. Uh, like, oh, I Har pretty much like him. That's my thing is I like it. I I see myself in his, in some of the extreme things and that's not a good thing. No, but like, he's so fun. He's so funny and he's so wholesome. So it's like let's go. Uh, why what about you? What's uh name? Ichijo Karen, the green-haired girl in the wrestling team with super strength. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of those like that's just it like in the one that had like psychic powers that would just like stare daggers. Ah, oh, it was just a great. Yeah. It's just or great... the American guy whose name is just Harry McKenzie. <laughs> Which isn't that far off from uh, like any any British uh, soccer player. So I think they did a pretty <laughs> great job on it. It's such a... And you have to imagine that they, they chose Harry McKenzie's name just so they could do a joke like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it works. It's super good. Oh, it's now great. I'm looking at all these characters. They were all they were all just great. Loved it. Oh. And then the guy that Ted Bell loves just ate the curry. Yeah, eating the curry is might be an alien. Uh just uh just just such a fun. Just just super fun, which uh which I appreciate. I might have to take my school rumble DVDs with me to victoria and force everybody to watch school Rub both seasons of school rumble again you're welcome yeah inspiration you can apologize to everyone if <laughs> if they're annoyed at it but uh, oh the opening is stuck will be permanently stuck in my head <laughs> it's a great opening so good oh Just that's the good gooma wadi goo gooma wadi oh that was good oh. and i i read all the manga too and it went on for friggin ever there was an absurd amount of volumes, and it didn't really... Honestly, the anime is perfect. You don't really need yeah. to go farther in the uh, manga to really get it, but it gets even more unhinged the farther you go. Well, I thought, like, the manga, it really started getting into resolving the relationship mess. 
Yeah, yeah, which was the same as, uh, what was it? I, I read a lot of, we're in high school host club, and if you ever want the worst chapters of a manga to read, just read past the anime storyline of that, because it is, it is just yeah, absolute insanity. Like, none, none of the characters make sense. They all become Aww. weird. They all become, like, super weird, like like sages like it's it's just a weird oh, whole experience oh my god did it do the same thing that uh the world god only knows dud oh i don't know that one why so, what happened to that one world god only knows uh so the premise of the show is that there's this otaku guy kema who it can basically polish off a dating sim in a day <laughs> okay and a bunch of spirits have escaped from hell and have basically uh, possessed girls around town. So uh, Kema is tasked by the devil to woo these girls to get the spirits out of their bodies. And if he fails, he dies. And it's very, it's the a very fun anime show. plot line I think I have ever heard. And I am here for it. So the first two seasons of the show are great. And then you get into the goddess arc, which just goes on way, way longer than anyone has time for and uh, anyone who's read is like this fucking sucks dude don't watch it don't read it just <laughs> just stop where the anime stopped put it away keep the good memories and go that's exactly the thing for uran but i instead read 200 chapters and i was like i hate this i hate this but i need to know how it ends and it ends just in the same way the, an the anime ended and you're like okay interesting why did i do this I've definitely been spoiled by anime manga. I'll either like give it three chapters or, or I'll be like, I am reading all of this. And the ones I've read all of have tended to be excellent. Like, uh, Oyasumi Pun Pun was one that I just <laughs> blasted through and it was fantastic. I'm trying to think of the last one that I read and I just didn't put down. I think it was the, uh, the Death Note writers did the one about creating manga. Right. Yeah, it was really good, but then it was clear they never thought they would get as many uh, volumes as they did. So, like, the last few volumes before it got cancelled were all just, like, really grasping at straws, but, like, the first six were just really, really interesting. Oh, Sayonara no Zetsubo Sensei's manga was fantastic. And the ending, I still think about that ending. Yeah. Oh, why? What was the ending? I, I watched a little bit of the anime, but I don't think I ever read it. Too will long. you read it? I might. Actually, yeah, that's fair. There's a there's a chance that I will read it. You've definitely fanned the flames of me wanting to catch back up with this. Uh... It's 200. I think it's only 200 chapters. Yeah, only. <laughs> you can do that. Oh, yeah. I believe in you. Yeah, I read. I, I have the ability to read. I can make that. Yeah, so... What's incredible about the ending of Sainar no Zetsubo Sensei is I read it and then I was like, there's no way he was planning this from the beginning. And I go back to the first few chapters and I look at it as like, holy shit, it's been God. staring me in the face the whole time. I love that. I love I love that thing where you can reread it and just be like, you son of a bitch. You knew what you were doing. I remember like being confused at some parts of the manga because I would be like, wait why does this character have this detail now and then like at the end i was like oh you fucking got me and then it used like specific examples like even like from the middle of the manga where i was like oh and thinking like oh, something's weird here and i was like oh the other thing is is like there i think one of the few people who knew what, what right away what was going on was uh shinbo 
at Shaft, the guy who ended up directing uh, the Sayonara Nozetsubo Sensei anime, because all of the openings that Shimbo directed point towards the ending. Huh. Okay, okay, all right. You've you've hooked me in on that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to to check that out. I'm now curious. All right. So I think we've got something good recorded here. Lots of anime recommendations. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about hockey somewhere in there. Yeah, at one point, I think there was a little bit of hockey. Maybe maybe a couple of minutes. Yeah, a bit something in there. Uh, we also talked about living south of baseline. <laughs> it's it's not as bad as you think. You never have <laughs> Don't to get The red is great. The red is great. I mean, I live out in Arbor Lake, so. <laughs> well, and you're in Alberta. Fucking Alberta, right? Uh, nothing, uh, nothing. Well, a lot wrong, but there's a lot of nice there too. Uh, honestly, uh, Calgary's a great place. Yeah, from what I hear is if you're if you're in Calgary and if you're in Edmonton, things are fine. Leaving those places, things can get a little bit more interesting. But I would love one day. It's to very do... flat. It's very flat. <laughs> I would love to do one of those like crazy, crazy trips and go like all the way up to like, uh, I think it's Wood Buffalo is the park that touches uh, the Northwest Territories yep. up there. Wood Buffalo National yeah. Park. I would love to go up and and see, check that place out because like we're such a huge ass country. That no one goes to ninety percent of. I'd love to see all those places. Yeah, Yellowknife is beautiful. I have yeah. to say that. It's on. It's on my list, but I don't drive, and airplane travel is expensive. But one day, one day, one day, I'll get there. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed listening to Weeb Shit because we <laughs> had a lot of fun regarding it. Trash taste, eat your hearts out. If you did, yeah. head on over to your podcast house of choice and give us a rate and a subscribe for third line pug sends cast follow us on twitter the show is at third line plug and i'm at m901 honey badger where can folks find you matt uh you can find me unfortunately on probably every twitter thread because i don't shut up but you can follow me at at matt Bosti. uh take a look at my tweets before you follow me i'm not for everyone i'm not for most but i think i'm great other than that i'm uh just around merivale meet me at the farm boy if you're weird about wearing a Sens jersey after we win a series, I'm going to remember that for five years. You know, I'm going to be following your Twitter, and there's just going to be a photo of you standing out of the side of the farm, boys. Like, what? what's wrong? Didn't show up? Where are you, bud? Where are you? I'm ready for it. Alrighty. So, until next time, this has been Tim Jensey. This is Matt Bosty. Go Sens. <laughs>